the vax and the boost. Let's tell COVID to remove. Mask. In a crowd, wear a mask. It's not really much to ask. Test. Feeling sick, take the test. Protecting others is the best. Vax, mask, test. Let's put COVID to rest. Vax, mask, test. Let's put COVID to rest. Learn more at pa.gov backslash COVID. PA unites against COVID. Paid for with Pennsylvania taxpayer dollars. Hey guys, welcome to a brand new episode of Restaurant Ray on Michael, and I'm here with a very special guest, a dear friend of mine. I'll let you introduce yourself. Hi, um, my name is Michael Saxon, but I go by my performing arts name, Fosung Elizabeth Cookie. I'm the CEO of Goddesses Media, um, where we do digital media performing arts um, as our mainstay for anime, video gaming, communities, um, expos, Japanese animation conventions, comic book geekery conventions. And then also we have a computer technician fixing service off to the side. Yeah, so he does a lot of stuff, <laughs> as you can tell. Um, so we're going to be talking about like a myriad of things today on this episode. Um, we're going to talk about a lot of like, uh, let's see, fighting game stuff, um, a little bit LGBT stuff, just how it all integrates together in the community for the most part. So yeah, so we want to start with today. So I remember the first thing that we was going to, I guess, address um, most recently within the video gaming community was... Nicki Minaj recent rap rap video um, rap release album of uh, of her single called Chun Li. So um, it shows her on the front of her album. You know, very you know very urbanized for the hip hop community. Very beautiful woman. You know, I have nothing against Nicki Minaj. Her hair is up in I guess her stylized version of ox horns in the Chinese culture, and of course she's wearing you know a fur bubble jacket. Is what I think it is. And she's using the name Chun-Li, which is based upon, you know, Street Fighter's number one leading lady from the Street Fighter 2 series. However, the lyrics to the rap song has nothing to do with Chun-Li, but rather, I guess, female empowerment. Mm -hmm. And when she did a, a skit, a show, a performance for Saturday Night Live several days ago, she did a very a Chinese stylized theme where it looked like it was a mix between Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter. A lot of the, her backup dancers came out wearing what we would call the Raiden hat in the video game universe. Um, the rice straw hat, which is what Raiden is known for. Her backup dancers was wearing that. She came out with a very urbanized version of Chun-Li's um, traditional Chinese chi pao, which by any standards, if you know Chinese culture, her dress is simply modified for combat purposes anyway. So I'm assuming to make sure that to get the hip-hop community to understand the anime community a little bit better, she took Chun-Li's Chi Pao and she made it for the hip-hop community by redesigning it, made out of latex and rubber, um, something that uh, would look a, a bit more trendy without all of the Chinese adornments of the dragon, the phoenix, embroideries, but took that those embroideries and put it on latex. I thought it was an interesting idea, a concept. Mm-hmm. I liked it too. I, just, I was a little like thrown off a bit because it was like, I think it all came together when I actually saw the actual outfit reveal. It seemed like okay, I can see the Chun Li, but I'm like the song still doesn't really do much for like the iconography of Chun Li itself. Because like you think Chun Li, you think of like you know power. I guess the power female part I get, but the like the actual lyric of her being the bad guy because Chun Li just doesn't make sense. I guess, and I don't know. I don't really feel like there was too much. It just felt like a very basic way to do Chun Li and all that stuff. Like it didn't feel like there was a lot of like, there was not a lot of like artistic like design in it to me. 
Like it's like you just if I go really like oh you want to do Chinese I'm going to do Chinese outfit I'm going to do Chinese like you know martial arts and stuff in this and it just seems kind of like hodgepodge together. I think that's a good word hodgepodge. I think it fits I mean, that. I totally understand like a splish splash. We're just going to put it all together and hoo hoo you'll enjoy it. <laughs> um, and that I truly understand because first things first, most of the African American community. You know, most of the hip hop community. Let me say it like that: not African American community in general, but the hip hop community overall are not very educated about Asian culture.、Mm-hmm. You know, most people feel Chinese, Japanese, and Korean are the same things. Yeah. When they actually all have three, you know, similar cultures, but are very different. And their traditional garments: the Korean hanbok, the Japanese kimono, and the Chinese chipao are have totally separate meanings. Now there is. Clothing evolutions that came out of it, like the kimono, was an evolution of the Chinese Tang Dynasty robes and Song Dynasty robes that evolved over time and became a Japanese staple.、Mm-hmm. You know, I when I think about the character Chun, well Chun Li, or in this case, in accordance to Man- Mandarin pronunciation, is Chun Li.、Mm-hmm. You know, she represents post Mao reform in a world where Ch- Chinese women were not even second class citizens.、Mm. How do you become a modern country when women are not allowed to have any rights?、Mm. So China had to change its way of thinking during during that time. We're talking about the end of the Qing era in 1911, which is very reminiscent of what Chun Li is wearing,、mm-hmm. the high Mandarin collar. Is the symbolization of the Manchu Empire rule, you、hmm. know, three and four frog buttons at the neck. It's very symbolic, and the dragon and the phoenix. The dragon is the man, represents、yeah. the man, and the phoenix represents the woman. And in Chinese imperial antiquity, those were the symbols that only the emperor and the empress could wear,、hmm. and anyone else who was even caught wearing those kinds of colors could be executed. Oh wow! Now I definitely、yeah. didn't know that at all. <laughs> Oh yeah, the Qing Dynasty is what overtook the Ming Dynasty, and it would be the last dynasty before imperialism、um, ended in 1911, which would be my grandfather's father time.、Hmm. It's it's heavy, and when you talk about General Tang Haishek, and of course later on, you know Mao Zedong in his Red Book for Communism,、mm-hmm. China has always struggled to become socialist, capitalist. Communist, socialist, communist, <laughs> capitalist, and there's still a mix between the two because they still are very socialist kind of community、mm-hmm. world, where you know everybody wants to be rich, but they're still very family based, based upon Confucian thoughts and ideas.、Mm-hmm. You don't make decisions unless they're decisions that can benefit everyone and not just you. There's、mm-hmm. no such thing as independent thought,、mm-hmm. and post Mao reform kind of started having independent thought. Mm-hmm. And Chunli is the epitome of that, with those old black and white commercials of Chinese women lifting boxes, saying, "I no longer need a man to help me,"、mm-hmm. which is the kind of poses that they gave her in Street Fighter too. So the Japanese knew exactly when they was drawing her, that they was going to capitalize on Chunli's legs and her arms, and less sexualize on her breasts, because there's a long history of Chinese women revolting against. You know the governments in China, where、mm-hmm. so there is no real history like that in Japan. So it made sense that a Chinese woman would be the figurehead of you know a multi-international martial arts video game where everyone represents a different country of the world.、Hmm. There's one huge big stereotype based upon 
real true events that most people it overlooks them. Yeah, I definitely didn't know a lot of the stuff with Kung Shang Lee. So I'm getting educated too here. <laughs> um, so how do you feel about in general when artists try to like dip into like more because now just having the conversation about Chung Li and just how the cultural and historical context to it, what, how do you feel about her even using it now? After, especially for people like me, like what, like how does that make you feel seeing it, how in, significant she is? In, in terms of Nicki Minaj using the imagery? Yeah. So, I, I guess I'm going to play devil's advocate a bit. Mm-hmm. Nicki Minaj has a huge following no matter what kind of scandals and beefs that she may be in with different hip-hop artists. Mm-hmm. You know, I even have Cardi B following me right now on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess because she likes some of my Chinese clothing that I have. Mm-hmm. And I think they're both awesome women. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I would say in terms of seniority, Michael Jackson was the first to integrate Japanese animation concepts into his music videos when he did Scream, a collaboration with Janet Jackson. Mm-hmm. After that, I think that sparked something really big to do something different. And the most out-of-the-box person is Missy Elliott. Yeah. Missy, you know, Missy Elliott was like one, like, if not the first first to start using primarily Japanese, Chinese, Korean dancers in her hip-hop music videos and giving other cultures a chance to show off what they got to say, hey, they're into this hip-hop scene too and we can mix your culture and do it right. Yeah. Gwen Stefani took it a step further by introducing her Harajuku line mm-hmm. and doing that with her music. So, Nicki Minaj, who is like what they call the anime Barbie mm-hmm. or the black Harajuku Barbie. I like it because she has the reach and the pull to reach a community and try to help unmarginalized what has been marginalized for too long. The, the nerd community, the geek community, the LGBT community were all wrapped up in one big bubble where it's, we were once looked at as you know, odd mm-hmm. to have a woman like Nicki Minaj, whether she's portraying the imagery correct or not, we can always put things into focus like a foggy camera lens. We can always wipe the lens later on. Mm-hmm. But the fact that the lens is there and she's reaching it out to the public and making it trendy cool, mm-hmm. she has the power to put our asses on the map. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm interested in. Now, what is she doing? is no longer original, but the new concept that Nicki Minaj is doing is very original because she had to find her way into doing something that no one else hasn't been doing. So that's why I think she specifically chose a name rather than just choosing another Asian music video within an African-American hip-hop culture. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to pick a name, and this is how I'm going to put my stamp on my own productivity. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised Capcom didn't try to sue her. You know, Capcom is very good at not only licensing the names of their characters but licensing the names of their particular moves as well that's they did they pulled a nintendo move right there yeah i think they actually um retweeted her that day when she actually came out with the song like they were really in support of her come out with that song surprisingly i think they're trying to like be a little bit more hip and current than they used to be because i know capcom is definitely like a little like you know suited up and very like staunch about a lot of stuff so I think that was a good good on their part to just go in with the whole like concept because like okay this helps us anyway at the end of the day because like more people like know about I mean Chun Li's still a very like iconic character but people who aren't like privy to like video games definitely were like who's Chun Li is that that girl who kicks like stuff like that so for sure I remember uh, long ago as a kid when I was first introduced to the game Street Fighter Two World Warrior. 
I was introduced to the game through Super Nintendo. That was my first time playing it. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I grew up playing adventure platforms and puzzles. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to always be a puzzle game player a little bit more than a fighting game player, even though I play fighting games on the same level as I play puzzle games. Mm -hmm. Most people don't know I started out with puzzle games. Um, and one of the first puzzles I played was called The Adventures of Lolo, which is also known as Iggerland in Japan. Okay. That puzzle game was the setup for how Laboratory's Kirby series, which would be mm. some time later. Lolo has about nine, ten games in the entry, starting on the MSX system, going to Nintendo Famicom Disc, which never came to America, <laughs> and then Game Boy, and then showing up on the... The NES, the first Famicom, going all the way almost into the the next generation console. But then when they ended the storyline, Kirby would take over. And Lolo and Princess Lala would show up in Kirby games as secret characters ever since then. Hmm. Easter egg characters. Okay. All right. Um. So we're going to shift gears a bit and talk about... The LGBT community, as far as I guess, in the broader scope of like the nerd community, because like I think this topic is like usually when I hear about this topic in general, it's usually from a very, I guess, narrow sense and usually doesn't really go into like a lot of like depth to it. So I guess we want both of us to talk about a lot more, a lot more because we have a lot more <laughs> to add to it. So, how do you feel about just our um, representation in gaming in general? I think we have made more progress than I ever would have imagined. Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes I wish I could turn back the hands of time to get maybe eight years more back in youth, mm -hmm. at least maybe eight years, or at mm. least five if I could. I'm, I'm 33 now, and in six months in January from now, I'll be 34. And when I was growing up, just talking about video games and comic books, was so niche community so off to the far end that you no one didn't recognize that you really existed mm -hmm. so you had to find your group of people and just kind of scurry to the corner like rats and do what yeah. you and do what you do <laughs> but then when you add the lgbt layer of things even that community the comic book and video game community at one point was looking down at us and didn't even want to include us because of this fear of you're here, you're looking at boys. Yeah. Which in which in many cases they were right, but it was just a human emotion. The yeah. same way that they're looking at girls. Yeah. We're doing the same thing but for the same sex. Now we was just born this way. This this was no manipulation here involved. But I think throughout time because we start to realize something very similar to the civil rights movement, that we're kind of all in this together, whether you're a geek, a nerd, gay, straight, lesbian, whatever you are. You know, sci-fi, we're all in the same group because regular society, mainstream society is looking at, looking at us like there's no money in this. Yeah. Why are you, how do you plan on functioning in a world that doesn't care about this? But now, to think that we were light years ahead of our thinking before it became a trend, that all this video, the video games would erupt into esports, yeah, and be very welcoming to every walk of life. So now I feel I am more appreciated 
than ever I was before. There were times where I felt like I had to run home from the video game arcade because there were people ready to beat the shit out of me. Oh, wow. You know, it was like, oh, there's the dude that's singing the music with the game. Get him. You wow. Know, there's the person that thinks he's Queen Sindel. Get him. You know, <laughs> no, really. Like, it was wow. it was really like that. And, and honestly... That was the only world that I knew, so playing Street Fighter 2 and Mortal Kombat 2 and Killer Instinct, you know, I really was going out to the grass fields trying to do Orchid's Flick Flack and trying to do backhand springs because I wanted to repeat her moveset in real life. Mm -hmm. I was making paper fans at school and ripping up my turtleneck t-shirts, making them sleeveless because I really wanted Katana's sleeveless turtleneck thong leotard. <laughs> you know, I had taken a white t-shirt and had cut little adornments around it to make Chun-Li's sleeves mm -hmm. from her chi pao and tried to attach a paper Chinese neck to it. Like, I was trying so, so hard. I see. You were, like, really I at was, it. <laughs> I, I was, you know, and that wasn't even just that. I even made King DDD's hammer from Kirby's Dreamland. Like, I was I was all lost in the sauce at the bottom of the jar. <laughs> and, and now... I feel like I'm I'm living in a world where people actually celebrate <laughs> my madness. <laughs> where once before it was like I'm coming home with a black eye because I got I really got caught, you know. Wow. So one day I, I guess one day I'll sit down and I'll write an audio book or something about that. Wow, that so. is such an experience. Like I think my experience was definitely. I think I concealed it a lot of times. So, like, while I was around people who, like, play video games and stuff, it was always like, well, don't talk about that, Michael. Don't be your fullest self. And then even with my radio, um, even with my podcast, I wouldn't talk about, like, I wouldn't even, like, make mention of, like, my sexuality. I'm like, oh, I don't want to say that. But I think as I got older and I think it's got way more accepting, I've definitely been saying a lot more stuff. Like, like oh, that character's hot or, oh, my God, he's so sexy. And just stuff like that because I think that helps to normalize it a lot more, too, because I think – the idea of, you know, LGBT people actually having, like, you know, real emotions doesn't register with regular people. Like, we're just like everybody else. So, we, the same way you, like, fantasize about these characters is kind of the same way we fantasize the characters, too. It just happened to be, like, this weekend, they're going to um, announce um, Cody. And we've been making jokes about him uh -oh. all weekend. Like, <laughs> I didn't he, even know. Thanks for letting me know yeah, that. Like, he, I'm just, I'm so ready for him. I'm like, oh, my God, Cody looks so hot. I'm like, oh, my God, Cody. And stuff like that, just like even little things like that, just make a big difference. I think, just feeling like you're just accepted in your own skin and being able to speak how you want to versus having to like you know conceal it a lot of times. Cool. Yeah, I didn't even know they was gonna do the Cody reveal trailer. People's been waiting so long. Um, the the Falk the Falk trailer, I guess, was hit or miss with some people. Mm -hmm. I I felt she was a very interesting character that she's using psycho energy through a staff, and it's. And it looks almost like a three-sectional staff that's gotten shorter because it's not a full-fledged staff, bow staff in martial arts, but it's not a baton stick that you would see in, like, a screamer. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, like, right in between, and it it's different. Yeah. I like it. I like her. I feel her super could have been a little bit more creative. Yeah. You know, but it's it's different. I like how... Street Fighter Five is going a little bit further to re to reveal more parts of the story to tie up loose threads. Yes, of what's going on between Street Fighter Two and Street Fighter Three. For years, nobody knew what was going on so much, and Street Fighter Four and Five fill are filling in those gaps and tying up the loose threads 
And if anyone is out there following the Udon comic book, what doesn't show up in the five video game will show up in the Udon comic book. So you have to read the books in tandem with playing the game so that you can put the right threads together because Udon is making sure that what the game does not reveal, they will reveal so that you can put the proper timeline in order. This kind of storytelling is very reminiscent to, you know, your classic Japanese anime famous Mm. video game. You have the drama CD, you have the anime, you have the manga. What you don't learn in the manga, you learn in the OVA or the TV show. Mm -hmm. What you don't learn in those two, then you'll learn in the audio drama CD, which means you have to understand Japanese to get those backstories. And once you get all the elements of those stories, then you can put and piece everything together in the right order because they're taking place in the same universe Mm -hmm. or the same timeline but this, there's an order to the event. Yeah. Yeah, I like Falk, too. Like, I thought she was pretty interesting. Like, so I've noticed, like, Capcom is really trying to go outside the box with a lot of characters, even though I do see some similarities to SNK. Because like, SNK definitely just goes throttle, full throttle with, like, weird, out-of-the-box, like, characters and really more avant-garde. And I'm noticing that Street Fighter is kind of taking a note from that because even some of her moves kind of remind me of, like, Billy Kane a little bit, just a tad bit. I'm glad that you said that. I wasn't sure if I was going to mention that mm-hmm. because Billy Kane's staff is a, a detachable three-sectional staff that becomes a full staff, uh, parts in two different um, two two different locations of his weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes down to the differences between Capcom and SNK, I just want to put out there real quick: SNK characters from the gate are used to fighting demigods and demigoddesses versus. Capcom characters are fighting it's almost like a war between like Marvel and DC where DC are, are villains that were human but got enhanced mm-hmm. and Marvel they were already born that way yeah it's like that SNK their characters were already imbued with those powers born that way yeah where the Capcom characters they have acquired them through some means or have gotten manipulated or something like that mm-hmm. Gil would be the first character that is godlike. yes he is which is very kind of like new for Capcom because they've been fighting Bison for years now. And <laughs> I actually love Gil's design too. Like Gil's, I think even though my initial, like when I was a younger, when I played Street Fighter, I was like, Ugh, why is there no Cammy? But then I think as I got older, I started to appreciate what they were going for because they were definitely trying to like do something completely different. They explained that in the Udon comic book. But the, um... So Cammy, after, after the events of Street Fighter V, Cammy is given a number of choices and ultimatums. Mm-hmm. To recreate a family that she never had, she decided to create a new team called Delta Blue. Oh, okay. In which she oversees it. And part of her mission was to infiltrate um, one of the last remaining locations of Shadowloo. Mm-hmm. But, they don't, but when she goes to infiltrate it, she doesn't realize there's no longer a Shadowloo base. It's a base where Seth is hiding. Mm. So Seth even shows up in the street for the five store line. He's hiding, trying to fight for his life. Oh wow! Yeah, and he gets founded out by Bison, who is in working in tandem with the Illuminati. Ah. And at this time, he's working through a proxy, which is Urian. Mm-hmm. So Urian is the proxy who delivers the orders down to Bison, okay. and Bison gets sent on an assignment from the Illuminati with Necro. And Jury Han. Oh. And Necro and Jury Han team up together and they kill Seth. Uh. Seth goes to fight 
Necro when he was a, when he was a complete experiment before he broke away, mm-hmm. and he electrocuted the shit out of Seth. And this is in the <laughs> comic book. And then Bison says, "Well, oh, did you think he was the only one that was unique with abilities?" <laughs> and when Seth wasn't looking, Jury Han kicked the feng shui engine through his stomach out his back not before being offered an invitation into the illuminati mm. where bison says prove your loyalty the the secret society is interested in you but we must know your worthiness mm. she says okay kicks the feng shui engine through seth's stomach out his back and says don't worry bison i'll always have your back <laughs> which and the way they drew her animation and her faces when i get close enough to you I'm going to get you for you killing my family. Mm, okay. Yeah, Jury has Jury Han has quite the in-depth story. Mm, I, I feel didn't, for her. I didn't know much about Jury's story. Like, I am... I feel like I'm such a plebe right now <laughs> when it comes to Jury. And in a nutshell, without going too far, Jury Han was a, a, you know, a regular Korean girl mm. whose father, family, was the breadwinner, and he was working on infiltrating Shadowloo operatives. Mm-hmm. Same way, similar to Chun-Li's dad, Mr. Oh. Lee, who was higher up in rank in Interpol. Mm-hmm. However, um, Jury, Jury, Jury Han's dad was working more like a double agent, similar to Crimson Viper, mm-hmm. but he got busted. Ah, okay. And before he knew it, without any warning, you know, Bison Lee, um, sent an assault on her family and it killed everyone in her family, brother, sister, father, wow. mother. She was supposed she was left for dead, but instead she was like almost fatally injured and lost her eye in the process. And oh. she was used as a guinea pig and that's how they gave her the feng shui engine in her eye. Okay. Wow. All right, I kind of feel for Jury now too, because like before, I'm like she's just this crazy sadistic character that keeps fucking with Cammy, and I'm ugh, I hate that. But I think it's a good. I think Cammy definitely needed something like that too for her story. Cause I felt like Cammy just kind of like went through it as this like, you know, battered girl that like, oh, I used to be a villain. I used to kill people. Now I'm trying to have this path of redemption. But she didn't really have much like a antagonist directly linked to her. And I kind of like the fact that Jury is that character for her. Right. Let's see. Since we're talking about female characters, let's talk about the resurgence of Sojo fighters. Because like, there's so many fighting games with just women in them now. Like, there's never been this time where we have so many like this out right now. Well, in Japan, all female-based fighters were always a big thing. It, that was part of a niche community within martial arts-based gaming. Mm-hmm. And in Japan, there were many games that came out trying to get a foothold over, can we make a solid, viable tournament fighter? Mm-hmm. You, know, you had one game called Pretty Fighter X mm-hmm. and a 3D sequel to it called Fist. Now, all these games I'm mentioning I own. I made it my business to own every single 90s shoujo fighter from Saber Marionette J, Mm -hmm. which is an anime. They have their own game. I actually did a stream on it last week, and it's called Battle Sabers. Mm -hmm. And, of course, YouTube sent me me a warning talking about your music video has copyright infringement because... The video game has the opening theme to um, Megumi Hayashibata's successful mission. Oh, okay. Which is another story in itself. Yeah. Um, Soko Sektakai, the Sonic Council. Mm-hmm. You have um, Lightning Legends. Mm-hmm. There's so many of these fighters, but in the 90s, the two most famous fighters that were stable mm-hmm. and actually had a grip on the tournament community was Asuka 120% Burning Fest Final, mm-hmm. which became so hot that the fans made a fan disc called 
Asuka, Asuka 120% Burning Fest Limit Over. And most mm. people look at Limit Over for Saturn as the definitive edition over Final. Wow. And then last but not least, Advanced VG2. I love that game. Which has all the elements of the greatest Street Fighter copy you can imagine from alpha counters to safe falls from SNK to ground rolls, super jumps, combo cancels like the EX series yeah. into super combo cancels. There's so many, you know, throws, recaptures. You can recapture opponent when they hit the ground. They mm. put everything from every fighter into it. They put their heart and soul into a technical group laboratory. Truly put their heart and soul into that game, mm-hmm. not only with good music, good animation, and making sure that it connects with the three-episode OVA and the manga. Mm-hmm. Variable Geo, also known as the Venus Games, mm-hmm. has been going on for such a long time. I would, you know, I think it's getting close to its fifteenth anniversary. Oh, wow. I hope that they make it a reemergence of the game. Another, a new fighter in this day and age with the new technology could put that game right back on the map in ways. Like never before, if they follow the same system, but just update the graphics and put new battle elements. Yeah, I think now it's a lot easier. I think technology has gotten so advanced to where people don't have like there's not a, like a barrier between people. Because I remember before, a lot of companies could like a lot of indie companies couldn't do much because they didn't have like technology and money to like make a light game. But now like there's Unity, all these different engines that are out now, so people can like really just start making their own. And hopefully we get a new one because that'd be good. Just like Fighting X Layer, ugh. That my heart is so ready for that game right now. Like, I'm Me just, too. <laughs> like, I'm so, so, I'm just so excited for that game because, like, EX series is probably one of my favorite, like, Street Fighter series of all time. And, like, EX1 especially, I think they're, like, the most serious. Like, I went through all the trials and I was, like, what, I think I'm, like, 10, 11 years old. I'm saying, I'm going to do all those trials. I'm going to do all this. I'm playing with all the characters. Like, I just love EX. So, seeing this new one is just, like, incredible. I think what it was is when Arika got the green light to do the collaboration with Capcom to do an offshoot of the Street Fighter series and bring them into the 3D world, which Tekken, Soul Calibur, Battle Arena Toshinden, they were already doing. Mm -hmm. They wanted to see how well it would work. It was an experiment, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't one of those games that kicked off right away. It kicked off later on when it got home to the home consoles with EX Plus Alpha. Mm Mm-hmm. And the music, I think Arika put their stamp on recreating new images. Mm-hmm. This was a game that gave the characters images versus theme songs, which is something that SNK has been well known for with the SNK Sound Orchestra. Mm-hmm. We have the battle themes, but when we do our soundtracks, the arranged versions, we give you the character images, mm. which is very Japanese anime. You know, mm. you'll have the songs to the game but now you'll have the images that re- reflect these characters mm-hmm. and Street Fighter EX one the the characters were given image themes images mm-hmm. that reflect who they are yeah you know one of my favorite themes would all I think would be Arabesque from Purnapulam's Pur- Arabesque mm-hmm. was one of the best images in the game I loved it and I'm talking about the EX plus alpha completed version because there are different OSTs within the continuity, but when Arika sat down and decided to do the arranged soundtrack, they really put it all together very yeah. well. I think my favorite thing from EX would probably be between Chun Li's theme and probably Strange Sunset. I think that's um, Guile's theme. I love that song. I can put that song on and just play any game forever. Like ugh. I, I love Strange Sunset as well. Uh, 
the arranged version of it is just as excellent. I also like Spinning Bird. Spinning Bird is what you're talking about, Chun Li's mm-hmm. theme uh, image. I like that too. I like the PlayStation arranged version of it because mm-hmm. it's complete. It's complete. The rearrangement of it is a more acoustic version of it, mm-hmm. which um, didn't really get my blood moving like yeah. the original version. They did the same thing with Put on a Pull'em when they did a rearrangement of Arabesque. Mm-hmm. It's like they took uh, Middle Eastern instruments and mm-hmm. they slowed it down. It was very, it was good, mm-hmm. but I guess they tried to give you a cultural, a cultural mix of it. Mm-hmm. The themes were given a cultural spin. Same thing with um, the best cultural spin image that I like the most would have to be Garnet Sky shared between Cracker yeah. Jack and Blair Dane. Uh, they make you song. feel like you're in Spain and they're doing river dancing, and you hear nothing but feet on the chopping block for the arrangement of Garnet Sky. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, they really went in. And I was able to take that and do choreography for that in the gymnastics room. Like, I love that. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, so we went through a lot of topics. Uh, do you have any, like, final thoughts before we wrap up this episode? Um, so far, here at Combo Breaker 2018, I think I've, I've met most of my goals Mm-hmm. I I came in wanting to at least make top eight for Street Fighter Three Third Strike, so that begins today at eleven thirty. I look forward to hopefully at least ranking a little bit higher within top eight, mm-hmm. and if I can do that, I'll be very happy. Um, just the fact that my name would be mentioned anyway, whether I win or lose, mm-hmm. um, shows people that I have fought for all these years to make Elena a tournament viable character in a world where they felt like this woman, you know was never going to be mm-hmm. and I did this because I said you know we don't there's no African American or African female characters in Street Fighter like that yeah and Elena was the first she was she was the first and I said you know what this is I'm I'm gonna pull a card out of the Japanese nationalism and be a little ethnocentric for a minute mm-hmm. since you know they're very big on it yes. I wanted to be a little ethnocentric for her and I stuck with her since 96 in New Gen all the way up to now outside of that making top 10 of one of the cosplayers here out of you know 60 70 entrants I was happy you know and even though I didn't win a prize just to be on stage to say I was part of the top 10 Mm. this makes me happy that I'm still relevant and people still know I'm around that's all I wanted Mm -hmm. you know so I got that Um, everything here for me this year um, was successful. Oh, was right. Successful for me. I was happy. The only, I guess, the only damper, but I can't even really call it damper because I don't play the game like that. I got my ass handed to me in VSAT. Oof. <laughs> I got raped. And you know, in my last match, I lost to a woman. I played this girl who was playing with Lilith. Mm. And we kind of went 2 1. Mm-hmm. She won the first match with Lilith. I won the second complete match mm-hmm. with. Queen B, mm-hmm. and then it came down to the winner take all. So it was Queen B again versus her Lilith, mm-hmm. and she took me out. It came down to the wire, and I said, "You know what, hon? I give respect to you. I yeah. say you. I could truly know you. You love this game, and I'm like, I, I give it to you. No, no foul done. Mm-hmm. No ego hurt over that. No salt. <laughs> no salt. <laughs> because you, you. It takes a different kind of scruples to play a Dark Stalkers game. Yes." You know, much respect to the Darkstalkers community, the Vista community. That is a very hard game to play. 
and neutral game and neutral game in that game is very different. Mm. You the things that you would do for anti airs, although they do apply, do not apply because the air blocking game in that game is is so on point mm-hmm. that even if you anti aired someone, they could still block the anti air because air blocks are so tight and like, it's just Wow. You yeah. have to really catch some motherfucker in the game. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate doing this episode with you. So thank you, thank you for having Goddesses Media here, and I look forward in the future that we may collaborate on some new things. Yes. I'd like to close out with saying I will be at CEO Gaming next month. I'm in Daytona, Florida, which would be my first CEO. I am doing a video game panel game show called On the Facts, which deals with the lore of fighting video games and fighting game mechanics and people in the community, where Goddesses Media is giving out $1,000 split amongst the top three. And audience participation also wins you money as well. The promotional video is up on Facebook. CEO Gaming is currently updating their website with the promotional videos so people can know what are the rules of the engagement. And I will be doing some more posts once I get back to San Jose. So All stay right. tuned. All right, guys. So you heard it first. Go to dates. When you go to CEO, try to go to win that money for that um, contest because that sounds like a good thing, especially for like game show stuff. We don't have a lot of game show stuff. So, All right, so guys. Thanks for tuning into this episode, and we will see you guys next time. Thank you. Mm-hmm.